Thank you. Um, so fun always to do this and feel like I have fans out there. Um, so as Gigi said, I am the women's director for student ministries. Um, one thing you need to know about me is that I am very ADD. And so this thing is like, I'm con- this constant, like, what's this? What's this in front of my face? So I'm really sorry if I fidget with it. I will try hard not to do that. Um, I, I feel very, very honored and privileged and humbled to be standing before you guys tonight. Um, because here's the thing. While our team, when we got together, we said, what do we want to call moms to? And we were trying to think about how to theme this night and what we were going to call this night. We came up with the term brave. And if you look at what brave means, it means to encounter with courage. Encounter with courage and fortitude um, without being moved. And so... As I thought about that, um, I thought, gosh, I'm not even a mom. (laughs) And I'm asking these moms to be brave, um, to engage with their daughters. And so um, I want you to know I'm going to be real careful tonight to try to communicate in a way that acknowledges I haven't raised my own children. I certainly haven't had to talk to a seventh grader about masturbation. I've not had to talk to anybody uh, that I was raising at home about pornography. Um, And I know that parenting is a challenge. Um, What you can know about me is that I have spent the last 20 years discipling women of various ages. It is still, 20 plus years later, the funnest thing I've ever done. Uh, And I've done a lot of fun things in my life. Not all of them legal, but that's another story for another day. Um, I I have been 13 years here on staff in student ministries and eight years before that doing college ministry in Denton, Texas. Um, And so I hope, even though I'm not a mom, that that helps you understand I do have a unique perspective into student culture. Um, I hope that this will prove beneficial to you guys tonight as we look at some topics facing women today. Before we jump in, though, I've got a couple of questions for you. So, how many of you have talked to your daughters about masturbation? Yeah, good. How many of you have talked to your daughter about pornography? Okay. How many of you think that pornography is primarily a man's struggle. It's good. I'm encouraged to hear that. How many of you know what codependency is and could articulate it to your daughter? Okay, good. So that's why we're here. I saw a lot of hands on the pornography piece, saw very few hands on the masturbation question, And in between on the codependency question, every single one of those topics is happening in the lives of young women today. We see it. We talk to daughters. We talk to college kids who were our students, and they come back and say, oh, I wish somebody had talked to me about this. And so that's why we wanted to come before you today and go, 
moms, be brave. Have these conversations with your daughters. Um, the reason that we chose that is that we know it's not, it's not easy to parent in these topics. We know it's not easy to be brave, to talk about them, to encounter your daughters with courage and fortitude in order to prepare them to live Christ-honoring lives in a world that is really fallen and broken. Before we do that, though, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story. Um, I can't tell you the whole thing because, one, I have a lot of words. My team um, told me when I said, they said, hey, we'll give you about 45 minutes. And I said, oh, you probably better give me 30. And Ruby goes, oh, yeah, I can second that. She, you don't want to give her 45 because she'll take an hour. So um, I can't tell you my whole story. It's long and sorted. It does have a great ending. Um, but sometime, if you want to hear my whole story, call me and ask me to coffee. I'd love to get to know you and share my story. My mom told me that from the time I was born, I've always wanted everybody to be my new best friend. <laughs> so I really think we should all be friends. <laughs> so just call me sometime. I'll tell you the whole story. Um, but anyway, my story starts out when I was a young girl. My, my, my young years started out in a divorced home. My mom and dad divorced when I was two. And so um, in the early years, when I was about four or five, I was staying at my dad's house. My dad was Iranian, by the way. And so we were staying at his nephew's house, who were also Iranian. Makes sense. Um, This was the first experience I had coming across a Playboy magazine. Now, by God's grace, I have no idea what I saw. I may not have been able to see it long enough because when my dad found out, he walks in the room and freaks out. I mean, starts yelling and screaming at me, finding me laying, his precious little four-year-old daughter laying on the floor looking at a Playboy magazine. I was like, what? It's a magazine. You all read magazines. Um, So he starts yelling at me in English, then transitions into Farsi, which is Persian language, um, then goes out to the living room, grabs his nephews physically, starts shaking them and yelling at them in Farsi, and I'm going, I don't know what this man is saying, praise the Lord, but I do know I'm petrified, and whatever it is that I've done is really bad, and I was ashamed. I'm pretty sure I didn't talk to my mom about this at all. I'm not real sure that she even knew about it. I did tell her about it last night because she's up here on the front row. (laughs) I was like, hey, by the way, um, I don't know if you remember this. Um, But anyway, it freaked me out so bad. I think I had hives and I'd made him take me home (laughs) because it scared the dog out of me. I mean, you know, somebody starts yelling at you in a foreign language. It's a little crazy. Um, But really, the main thing of that story is that I was petrified. And after that, my mom and I didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about pornography ever that I remember. And so what I knew was that I was very ashamed because something I had found was bad. And frankly, I never, ever wanted to hear that language spoke to me again like my dad spoke. So, y'all, I'm telling you, this is going to kill me, this thing. Um, So, I spent my junior high years in high school, as junior high and high school, as a result of not having my dad in my life. I spent those years trying to find what made me worthy in the lives, 
in the world through drugs, alcohol, and relationships with men. I was a believer in Jesus. I went to church. I was involved in my youth group. I regularly attended with my mom, but I did not know what it meant to make life choices that would please Christ. As a result, this led me to try to fill this empty love tank that I, was, I, I looked so desperately to fill, and it led me that when I was 19 years old to um, getting pregnant and out of fear of getting in trouble, chose to have an abortion to try to fix the situation. This was by far the worst, most devastating decision I ever made in my life. Up to this point, my mom and I had not talked about sex, purity, God's design for sex, and relationships beyond just the birds and the bees, which she told me about when I was in second grade. And I very quickly looked at her and my little sassy self and said, God, Mom, I already know all that. And she was horrified. Her little second grader knew all of, all of that. And, and she said, how do you know that? And I said, well, my friends at school, of course. I mean, can you imagine the second grade, the great sex education I must have gotten <laughs> by some little second graders? Um, it couldn't have, it wasn't until I was in college, though, um, by my mom per- continuing to pursue me about spiritual things, becoming friends with some students that were sold out for Christ, and meeting some godly women who would end up pursuing me and discipling me, that I finally realized the worth I had been searching for for so long was in Jesus alone. And I made the choice to live completely for him. And that was 23 years ago. And so, I told you it had a good ending. Um, So as I have shared these experiences of my personal story with you, I hope you heard that raising a daughter to go to church and be in a small group isn't enough. One conversation about a bird and a bee isn't enough. And by the way, a side note, I was a biology major, and I've still never figured out what what does a bird and a bee have to do with anything? I'm just curious. We have to be diligent to train up a child in the way he should go, so that even when he is old, he will not depart from it, as Solomon encourages us in Proverbs 22, 6. To do that, I'm going to encourage you to do three things tonight. I want you to, I want to encourage you to be involved, be an influencer, specifically around the topics of sexual purity, technology, and relationships, And I want to encourage you to be imitatable. I'll explain what that means in a little bit. Um, To be involved is to be brave. To be the, it it is the first to remember, um, sorry, to be involved um, is to remember your role as a mama that God has given you to raise these young women. On our team in student ministries, the thing that we say all the time, that we remind our leaders, that we remind parents when we get to sit with you, is that you guys, we believe, are God's, um, the primary disciplers of your children. God has given you that role. 
Um, you have been given the great privilege and responsibility by God to raise your daughter to know what a loving relationship with him as a fully devoted Christ follower looks like. God, God shows us this all throughout his word, specifically in Deuteronomy 6, Titus 2, Proverbs 22, and Proverbs 1.8. We're encouraged to train our children to repeat again and again the commands that he has given us. We are encouraged to older women train the younger women. Um, Proverbs 1.8, hear my son your father's instruction and, for, and forsake not your mother's teaching. The meaning of train in these passages is the idea of discipling and or admonishing and exhorting earnestly. It's active. Exhort earnestly your children. He doesn't just say, have one conversation and then you're done, you know, or let Reby and Harrison at Wake talk about sex so that you can kind of bypass that awkward conversation. I mean, guys, if you wait for that, we do that once every three years. Depending on the rotation, your kids may miss the conversation. That would be terrible. Um, As you embrace the calling to be involved, to be brave by being involved in your life, um, start by building a relationship with her talk to her. My mom and I were talking about this, um, and we were remembering a story that she's told me my whole life, and I just think it's hilarious. When, so this was in the 50s? Yeah. Uh, She's like, don't tell my age. Um, She was in elementary school, and one of her friends who was in junior high came up pregnant. And so my sweet mom thought that only people who were married could get pregnant. And so she just couldn't understand what happened. (laughs) She was real confused. And so she went to my grandmother and said, Mother, I don't understand what happened. How are they able to have a baby? How is she able to be pregnant? She's not married. And my grandmother, who was very sassy and real fireball, looked at my mom, you know, she was thinking, this is a shining moment for me as a mom. She said, that's what happens to girls who sit too close to boys at church. (laughs) And so, because kids are literal, my sweet poor mom, who had irregular periods her whole life, sorry, dad, I see you back there. He's like, oh Lord, what am I here for? Um, she thought every time her period was irregular that she was at, she had sat too close to a boy at church. <laughs> and so she was petrified all the way to high school. And so, gosh, gosh, moms. I mean, I know it's funny, but the, that, that's real. That, that was her story. This, the same is happening in your daughter's lives. It may be about different topics. Um, be involved by talking to your daughter. And when you talk to her, talk to her about truth. Tell her the truth. Um, If it's awkward, which yes, I know it is, that's okay. Um, Just tell her. Just go, you know, I got to be honest. This is kind of an awkward conversation for me too. But I love you so much that I want to shepherd you through this. I want you to know 
God's design for marriage, for sex. I want you to know God's heart for you. And so I'm going to even have the awkward conversation, and I know it's awkward for you too. We'll make it through it, and then we'll go get a sonic drink or something. Um, Pat ourselves on the back. (laughs) Um, You know, one of our leaders and I were talking about this event And she said, oh my gosh, Melissa, I'm so excited you're doing this. She said, my, and so this is a 20-something-year-old, so this is recent. She said, when my dad took us out, took us into town, sat us all down on the the county square and said, okay, I'm going to talk to you girls about boys. And of course, they're all petrified. Here she is, 15-year-old girl, and her dad is about to talk to her about boys. I mean, who wants that? And she says, okay, what are you going to tell me? And he looks at her and he goes, what you need to know is that boys just want in your pants. Okay, any questions? And she was just like, nope. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Can we go home now? And so she said, Melissa, it was so awkward. And so she said, I get home. And my mom looks at me and says, oh, I'm so sorry that you had to have that conversation with dad. And she just thought to herself, me too. I wish you had had that conversation with me. And she said, even still, I, I look back on that and think, gosh, I wish my mom and I had had that kind of relationship where she talked to me about these things. And so if you hear us say anything tonight, hear us say, be brave, get involved, get to know your daughter, start that by having a relationship with her. Be curious about her. Find out what makes her tick, even if you think it's weird. Um, Get to know her. Be curious. Um, as you are building a relationship with her, remind yourself not to let it become about you. I have observed one of the major barriers that keeps parents from being more involved with their daughters is their own fears and their own personal needs, their own personal wants. And so ask yourself some of these questions. Am I becoming a controlling parent with just rules, the do as I say, not as I do, answer because you're just unsure or you're fearful. You don't know how to protect her. Do you and your husband not engage with your daughter because, I mean, let's be honest, you're just tired. You got four other kids you wrangled on the way home and you had to go to soccer and swim and football and who knows what, and that's all on top of a long, full work day. Are you, are you you're just tired? I don't have time for your estrogen drama. <laughs> Um, and let's be honest, girls, you know, we all, we got it. It's lots of estrogen. Um, are you worried about your daughters embarrassing you? Are you, are you feeling like you've failed as a parent and so you, you feel frozen and you just don't know what to do? Are you worried that she won't think you're the cool mom anymore if you draw some boundaries? My mom never worried about being the cool mom. <laughs> She drew a lot of boundaries, which I continued to break. That's not her fault. That's mine. Um, And I'm thankful. We have conversations all the time where I say, gosh, I'm so thankful you told me about Jesus. 
I'm so thankful that you prayed for me. I'm so thankful that you didn't let me go on that trip to Jamaica with Chris and all my best friends that I thought I had to do. I look back on that trip and what all happened on that trip, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom saved me. Um, And I'm thankful now. I wasn't then, but I am now. Um, So these these worries, these fears, they're all real, uh, but they can be rooted in you and your personal fears. Fear of losing control, fear just in general. Remind yourself often that being a shepherd isn't about you. It's about pointing this little life to who, to what it looks like to walk faithfully with God, to center your life choices around him living for him. This isn't always going to be easy. God hadn't promised us the easy road. He didn't promise us that we would be the cool moms. He didn't tell us that we would have the perfect kid. He didn't tell us that our kids would never look at porn. He didn't tell us that they would never struggle with masturbation. He never promised us that they wouldn't do things with their boyfriends. And he definitely didn't promise us that they wouldn't be exposed to things that we don't want them to see. But what he did say is that he will give us everything we need. He tells us in Matthew 6.33 that if we will seek him with all our heart and live righteously, he gives us everything we need. So, now, you've made that, you've kind of wrapped your arms around the, the idea of, okay, I've got to get involved. I've got to be brave by being involved Next thing I would encourage and would hope for you is to be an influencer. Set about becoming the influencer in your daughter's life. Specifically tonight, we want to encourage you to be that influencer in the areas of sexual purity, technology, and relationships. So this is where the part of my message gets real fun. I'm kidding. I'm not even kidding. It's not even funny. (laughs) Um, I, in my many years of leading women, have talked about these topics in smaller circles. I was at a leader's retreat talking to women, and we were talking about masturbation and how girls in their small groups were struggling about this. Um, Mel, what's masturbation? I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun conversation. And so I got to define for her what that was. And so I've realized some of you may not even know what that means. You may not know that pornography is not just limited to uh, video on a screen, that it can be in the written word, that it can be sent over a text. Um, It can be found on a phone. It can be in a computer. And so tonight... I'm the lucky one who gets to define these things for you guys. Yay! Um, And so, remember what I said to you earlier tonight. It's your job to train your child in the way she should go. You're the primary discipler. Therefore, don't depend on us to teach your daughter about these things. Don't look to your small group leaders. Don't do that to them. Um, Don't look to your daughter's small group leaders to have these conversations with them. You are the primary discipler of your daughters. Therefore, you talk to them about sex. Don't just talk to them about that burden B that we already talked about that I have no idea what it's about. Talk about 
changes in her body. Talk about God's design for sex. Talk about the way he designed our bodies, what happens when we are physically aroused. Some of the worst decisions that I see happening in the lives of young girls is because of curiosity, because nobody told them what it means when they have a sexual arousal to something they've seen, or some somebody touched their leg, and who knows? Um, and they're like, whoa, what was that? I'm curious. What do you think they're going to do? Google? Do you want them Googling about that? I don't think so. Um, do you want them going and talking to their little scraggly seventh grade friends? I don't think so. Um, and that is how oh, my friend is talking about what she's doing with her boyfriend. I have no idea what that means. Let me go Google what oral sex is. Yeah, that's not going to be a good situation. So remember your job to be the primary discipler of your children. Um, So one of the things that I I found this week as I was preparing this is that 49% of kids find out about sex from their peers. 49. Yeah. 28% learn from media. Now, wait for it. 12. (laughs) Only 12% learns about sex from their parents. That made me so sad. Um... I think that's probably not true for our church. I think y'all are better than that. Um, but it could be. And so, man, leave here tonight going, no, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm going to be, I am going to be the 12%. I'm going to talk to my daughter. In talking about sexual purity, one of the more awkward topics by far is masturbation that I will define for you in case you're not sure what it is. Masturbation defined is the excitation of one's own or another's genital organs, usually to orgasm, by manual contact or means other than sexual intercourse. These other means could be mentally dwelling on an image. So your daughter watches How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and she sees a sex scene, and she's like, huh, and she experiences a feeling. She watches it again and watches it again, and watches it again. That's a story of, of one of my friends. Um, this could also be using a pillow in between her legs to cause arousal. Be an influencer in your daughter's life. Talk to her about this issue. Don't let her live in shame, thinking there's something wrong with her, because nobody's ever talked to her about this. She must be the only person doing this. This is so strange. What's wrong with me? Don't let that be her story. Um, Don't let her hear about it or see about it on some app or, oh gosh, Reby's going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, Things that you can just watch people do on different apps. It's just crazy. Don't, Don't let that come to her first. You be the voice that talks to her about these things. Because if you are... You get to couch it in a way that says, let me, help, let me help you understand why that's not God's best. Let me help you understand what God's design is for sex and why it's such a beautiful thing. 
and why we have to discipline ourselves not to to self-gratify, not to engage in things that could lead to more sinful behavior. I have had countless number of students that have gone on to college, that have sent me emails, that have called me, that have come back, and we've gotten coffee, and they're like, Mel, I got to tell you, my struggle was masturbation starting in elementary school, by the way, all the way to high school. Nobody ever talked to me about it. I was so ashamed. And, and until I got to college and somebody mentioned it and I finally realized, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Man, don't let that be your daughter's story. Get involved. Be an influencer on the, around the topic of sex with your daughter. The goal of training your daughter, remember, is to protect her purity and her innocence, to grow them in what holiness looks like, not just keep them a virgin until marriage, which, by the way, some of your daughters may not get married. I'm 44 years old, and I've never been married, and I'm, I'm fully content with where I am in my life. But if I were still believing that I needed to save myself for my husband until I got married, I might be feeling really ripped off. If And with my story, because I did make a mistake, I might be feeling really damaged, irreplaceably damaged. If I had been told, just save yourself until you get married. That's not a compelling reason to stay pure. It's a great byproduct to be pure for sure but make make the this is why we want to stay pure be because it's honoring to Jesus because it's going to honor the Lord this is his very best for us as he lays out in scripture now before you go okay great that's all good but how do I have these conversations we Tonight, when you leave, we're going to give you a packet that has a lot of resources on it. I see a lot of heads going, oh, praise God. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to make it. Um, So just know, we know this isn't easy. Um, I would also encourage you, there are a lot of women that you know that um, have walked this road. Talk to them. How did they have these conversations? Um, Anyway, I'm getting a little off track here. Sorry. Um, So just remember the only real compelling reason for your daughter to not have sex until marriage is from a desire to please the Lord. Otherwise, why would she withhold? Why would any of us abstain from any kind of sin? I mean, the only reason I try to watch what I eat is because I know God says I'm a temple. Because let me tell you something. I love some food. I I could eat a cookie every day. Actually, I probably do. Truth be told. Um, And the only reason I have discipline in my life is because I want to honor Christ. And so your daughter's sexual integrity is going to come down to a spiritual commitment, not just a commitment to follow rules. Don't look to control their behavior shepherd their hearts. In a little bit, Rebe's going to talk to you about technology in more detail, 
However, tonight, one last area of sexual purity I want to encourage you in to be an influencer is in regards to pornography. Pornography is defined as sexually explicit writing, images, video, or other material whose primary purpose is to cause sexual arousal. Let's start off by going ahead and remembering when I asked, hey, is this only a man's struggle? It's not. One of my friends who I referenced a minute ago is in in a house of three daughters. Her parents were godly parents, still are. Very involved in raising their children to know Christ, to love him, to know his word, to study his word. They are youth group leaders in their church. They're still, they still help out in, in the youth group at their church. All three of these daughters, all three, struggled with porn in their high school and college years, independent of each other. None of the three knew that the other three were struggling with it. It wasn't dad's struggle. So they didn't come into it because the dad, they found their dad's stuff. They came into it from being on the computer late at night working on homework and an ad pops up on the side. Uh, friends were talking about what they were doing with their boyfriends. And so I'm going to go Google on my cell phone. And now I'm hooked by this image that I see. This is not just a man's struggle. We do women a a real disservice when we don't engage with them about this topic as well. I'm going to give you a few statistics, not many because I don't have as much time, but these are are staggering to me. 70% of women say that they have accidentally stumbled across porn online. 70%. 70% of girls in one study admitted to accessing sexually explicit media on at least one occasion. 60% in a study of 500 said they have been asked for explicit videos or videos of themselves. 17% of 13 to 18 year olds have received a sext, a CXT. Sexting, if you're not sure what that is, is defined as sending or posting a sexually suggestive nude or nearly nude photo or video of yourself. In case you're wondering, this is happening here. We have kids in junior high, tick me off, junior high, that are receiving sexed messages from people in their schools. That's happening here. Kids that are involved in church that are being discipled in small group. That's happening here. And so, gosh, if you're not aware what's happening on your daughter's phone, if you're not seeing her text messages, if you're not aware of who she's following on Instagram, if you don't even know what Instagram is, we got to talk. If you're not sure um, what she's watching after you go to bed at night, your daughter could be very exposed. And, and I realize some of you may be going, okay, great. How do I protect my daughter? I can, how do I, I want to I wanna protect her and make sure I can keep her from being exposed. And the sad reality is we can't. But what we can do is shepherd their hearts in the midst of this fallen, broken world that we're living in. We can prepare them how to respond in a godly way, how to respond in a way that honors Christ. Um, 
when we do experience or when they do are exposed to these things. Remember, train them up in the way they should go. When they're older, they won't depart from it. Don't be fearful of these statistics. Let them compel you to get involved. You and your husband, or if you're a single mom, you and your community group, talk about what house rules should be around technology. Make it a habit to regularly check their phones. Um, look at their text history. Talk to see what their conversations are. Continue to shepherd your daughter's hearts. The last place I want to encourage you to be an influencer is in your daughter's life is in the area of her relationships. This is something um, that I have seen. Uh, it's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, guys. <laughs> All of this stuff was around when I was younger, too. But codependent relationships or emotionally dependent relationships is something that I have seen on the rise. I think part of that is because our culture is screaming that these types of relationships are okay and should be celebrated, frankly. Um, oftentimes, code, first, let me, let me define for you what a codependent relationship is. Codependency or emotional dependency is anything, is when one or both people are looking to another person to meet their basic needs for love and security rather than to Christ. What is especially dangerous about codependent relationships, and frankly, all of the other issues we've discussed tonight, is that a sin, when it's left unchecked, it grows, and it can lead to bigger, more destructive sin patterns. The relationships left unchecked can also become sexual in nature. Now you're like, whoa, what? My daughter and her best friend, and you're telling me they're going to become sexual? My daughter likes boys. Um, codependency that leads to physical boundaries being crossed does not mean that your daughter is same-sex attracted. Two very different things. Um, physical boundaries that get crossed because of what happens in a codependent relationship is just the natural progression of sin of your daughter or her friend looking to each other for what only God says he can provide. God's word tells us that the days are becoming evil. And it is a natural progression to see perversion rise in those days. And so I don't have enough time tonight. All of these topics I could have talked about for an hour, obviously. Um, my goal tonight is to help you become aware of these things. And so tonight in the packet that you're going to have, in the resource page, there are a list of characteristics that will help you understand and, and look for, could this be in one of my daughter's relationships? Could she be becoming too dependent emotionally on her friend? Um, make yourself aware of those things. Look at that. The greatest way to be an influencer in your daughter's life and her relationships is to know her friends. Your daughter should not have any friends that you don't know. You ought to know who she's hanging out with. You ought to know what they like and, and what they'd like to do. Um, be curious. 
ask ask your daughter what what's so fun about your friend and also so that your daughters don't all come kill me later just because your daughter has a best friend and it's a single relationship doesn't mean that it's a codependent relationship okay don't go blow up all your daughter's friends um it also does, I mean, I, this was my struggle. And guys, I've already told you, I, everybody should be my best friend. I've got a million friends. Um, but when I was a young woman, I struggled with codependency. It did not, it did not cross over into the physical realm that it can. Um, but I struggled with codependency. So it's not just about having only one friend. The key is, what are we looking for in that friendship? That's what you want to be aware of. And as you see that, engage with her and go, hey, why are you so upset that this friend now doesn't want to be your friend anymore? What do you think it's, what are you saying to you about you? What are you believing about you? Because God says you're his masterpiece. That's what makes you worthy. Not this friend who's not being a very good friend. Engage in those conversations. Um, be aware of who's spending time with your daughter. If there's a coach or a teacher that's all of a sudden spending a lot of time with your daughter, that should raise some flags for you. I'm not saying every coach and every teacher, sorry teachers, don't be mad at me. I had a favorite teacher too. Um, but don't, don't assume they're all pedophiles <laughs> or they're out to hurt your daughter. Um, that's not true. But I think I'm going to be wanting to get to know you if you're wanting to spend that much time with my daughter, Uh, especially in a one-on-one setting. You know, our leaders, we encourage, which a lot of our leaders are here. I just want to give a shout out to y'all. Holler. Um, A lot of our leaders, amen. Yes. Um, A lot of our leaders spend time, we encourage them to spend time with your daughters um, and, and to disciple your daughters. Hey, I don't care if they're our leaders. I don't care if they're a K-Life leader. I don't care if they're a Young Life leader. I don't care who they are. If there's people wanting to spend time with your daughter, you ought to be getting to know those people. Invite them to your house. Have them over for dinner. Most of them, if there are leaders, they're probably poor anyway. They'll take the free meal. Um, But, I mean, get to know them. And remember, our leaders are trying to shepherd usually 10, 12, maybe 14 young girls, which also has uh, at least one set of parents, maybe two per kid. And so don't wait for them to initiate with you. (laughs) You initiate with them. Get to know them. As we look to ask you to be involved and be influential, the last thing I would encourage you to be is imitatable. Yes, I know that's a made-up word, but it kind of goes with my flow of my I words, so just work with me. Um, Have your own faithful, consistent relationship with Christ. That whole do as I say, not as I think do, remember, that doesn't work. Didn't work for you. Doesn't work for your daughters either. They're watching you. They know when you're not walking with Christ. They know when you're not being faithful to spend time in his word. When you're saying, put your phone down, and you're over there uh, on Facebook all night long, they see it. And so you develop your own relationship with Christ. Um, Live in community. 
This is, these are not things you want, you don't want to do anything in life in isolation. You certainly don't want to do, try to tackle these topics or figure these things out on your own. Link arms with other parents. Follow your own technology rules. Um, and, and lastly, don't be fearful. My greatest tragedy for tonight, and I've prayed against it, just so you know, for two weeks, I've prayed for every single one of you. Um, my greatest tragedy would be if you left here fearful. God is not, he is not a God of fear. And he has given us everything we need. Everything we need. He tells us in, in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Don't quit. Don't be fearful and don't quit. Um, Proverbs 29.15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mom. One talk about sexual purity, one conversation about technology, one talk about masturbation, that's not training. That's just checking a box. Discipleship is ongoing and active. So don't quit. Don't be fearful. Be brave in discipling your daughter. Be committed to being involved. Be committed to being an influencer in her life. That's, that's my greatest hope for tonight, was if you leave here going, okay, I got to get in the game, and I got to stay in the game until... I don't have any game left. <laughs> if that's what you do, then man, I call this a win. Um, I have now talked way too long. And so I want you to hear from Rebe, um, who is our women's coordinator for junior high. She is a wonderful, wonderful, godly young woman who has been involved um, in leading students for a very long time. She was worked at Pine Cove camps um, for many years, and then I quickly stole her for us as, as quick as I could. And so she's going to come up tonight and talk to you about technology. I'm going to pray for her, um, and I want to thank you for letting me get to be before you tonight and say, man, let me partner with you as you have this great, cool responsibility of shepherding daughters. It's so fun. I mean, not always, but you know. So let me pray for us. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Oh, gosh, thank you that you did not leave us here to figure this out on our own. Lord, I just can't even imagine. Um, thank you that you have called us to be shepherds and influencers of the children that you've entrusted to us. I pray that we would leave here tonight more encouraged to be brave, to be resolute in loving and shepherding our daughters. I pray that you would bless this time as Rebe gets ready to talk about technology, that we would, even in the midst of technical things, we would see your heart for your daughters. In your name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Mel. Um, woo! Thank you.
Hi. Well, like she said, my name is Rebe Long, and um, I am the Junior High Women's Small Group Coordinator here at Watermark. And so that's a really lengthy title uh, to say that I hang out with junior high kids a good amount. So hundreds of them. Um, so I am mildly knowledgeable on their behaviors. Um, not an expert. But so um, here tonight, um, and you are here, um, bought the big ticket because um, we are all a little fearful of technology, right? And, th- and that's the portion that I'm covering is technology, apps, media, what your kids are doing um, in this mysterious digital age. And so I am closer in age to your kiddos, um, but I was a little more from maybe your same time period of um, technology was not as prevalent um, when I was growing up as it is now. Back in my day, if you had a birthday party and you didn't invite everybody, they didn't necessarily know. And now they know immediately. And like who all was there and who had like two chins in the photo, you know, it's awful. Um, Somebody who always has the two chins. So anyway, I, like we are, we are going to talk about the ways that phones are scary. Um, but I first want to say, hey, your kids have the ability, and I have seen them use media and technology in ways in which they are vehicles for the gospel. And so your kids can use and have used their phones as vessels of righteousness, as um, as opportunities and ways to engage non-believing friends, to be a light in a dark place, and to tell others about Christ. And so be encouraged there. Um, As I was talking with our junior high director about what I was going to say, he was like, hey, be sure that they know uh, that we see kids use phones in really good ways too. Um, And and that is is something across the board that we see 6th through 12th grade. So know that. Um, But so as we dive in, there's four things I kind of want us to tackle in my um, short 15 minutes with y'all. And um, I say that I'm, uh, we're doing phones. And so I'm going to time myself um, trying to stay on this. So we are going to talk about um, four things that I want to tackle is check ourselves, display, engage, and cultivate. And so that's like, if you're, if you're taking notes, that's awesome. Those are the four things, headers I'm going through. So first check. Um, And so that is how do I, as a parent, use my phone, use my my time and how do I as a parent um, know God's word? And so, obviously, I work with kids, and so we're all just going to be interactive here. Uh, if you want to go ahead and put both pointer fingers down in front of you, and you may be sitting next to somebody you don't know, and you're about to get personal, draw a little circle just around yourself. Oh, if you go here, you're like, what? Always. And if you're new, welcome. Um, if you've never been to Watermark before, that's like our favorite thing, is you draw, yes, everybody's like, yes, you draw the circle around yourself. And so we are big advocates of, hey, what's the log in your own eye? And so you as mom, how can you look at you first and go, how do I know God's word and how am I using my phone? And so 1 Peter 1 uh, verse 13, there we go. I went King James version because I like the words here. Um, I don't usually like it, but here we go. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That's why I went King James. Um, Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so... um, um, yeah, if I was, if, if y'all were junior hires, we would not do gird, gird up the loins, but because your mama is, we're doing gird up the loins. And so, um, to act it out for everybody, um, 
in the um, olden days, men were wearing robes and tunics, and they quite literally tied the tunic up like a man diaper. And that was a symbol of like, hey, I can run now. My robe's not going to get caught. Like for women, my maxi dress isn't going to get caught, and I am ready to fight you, okay? That's what that means. And so in, um, in like historically accurate pictures of Goliath, he's like just a big man in a big, big diaper. And so... Um, so weird and not intimidating, but probably. So, so gird up the loins of your mind. So as a mom, like, how are you ready for action? How are you ready for battle? And so if it starts with you, um, how are you knowing God's word? We are the front lines for our daughters. Um, I don't have kids, so I'm just putting me in there with you. Okay. But you are the front lines for your daughters. If you do not fight for them, no one will. There is a war for their soul for their protection, for their purity. We are getting serious about this, okay? So, gird up the loins of your minds. Um, I love the next verse. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy. And so, hey, we are asking you to be obedient children. You want obedient children? It starts with you. Um, And then you are living out holiness. You are showing your kids what holiness in all your conduct looks like. Um, The next verse, Proverbs 4.23, I want to share with you all. Above all else, guard your hearts for everything you do flows from it. Um, And gosh, that is true of me. That is true of you. And that is true of your kids. Guard your kids' heart. Everything they do flows from it. Mom, everything you do flows from your heart. How is your heart in line with the Lord's heart? Okay, um, so then my second thing is display, and this kind of flows right naturally in. It starts with me, and then it's how am I living that out? And so this is not behavior modification for you as a mom. Please don't hear me say that. That's why we start with the check. That's why we start with the spiritual of how, how do I know God's word? How do I um, interpret God's word in my life and apply it in my life? Um, and then how do I display that? And so, um, hey, how am I displaying God's word um, as I as I tote my kids around as I drive carpool, as I whatever. Like I said, I get to hang out with hundreds of junior hires a week, um, and they see me for two hours at a time. Um, They see you, I don't know how long in the day, like how much time do you spend with them? Um, They see you infinitely more hours than they will ever see me. And so while it is great, and I can stand up here and go, hey, I do these things with my phone, I put these things in practice, I don't live in your house. And um, in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, which I didn't give you all that verse, Mel referenced it. Um, but it says, gosh, teach your children as you walk to and from. Gosh, when you're in carpool line, when other kids are in the car, when you're dropping them off at the movies, how are you displaying healthy habits on your phone? And it's not just, how are you not texting and driving, but how are you going, hey, I care about being here and I care about being present with you. You are important to me. Um, we often joke, you know, so so quickly we go, hey, it's family time, phone's up. And um, and truly your kid's going, yeah, well, what about when I was at swim practice? And you were like checking your email the whole time. And you weren't really caring. And you're like, well, you're doing this the whole time. So it's swim practice. Um, but just that your kid wants you there. They care about you paying attention. Um, Mel and I had a meeting uh, yesterday at 7.30 in the morning, which I know for every mom, you're like, that's kid stuff. Um, and for us, that's early. And so we were meeting at a restaurant, and we saw like a father-son there. 
Um, and they had like clearly already eaten because school was about to happen. And son is in his uniform and like cute little navy shorts and a little button up white shirt. And he's like a, just a tiny person, you know, maybe seven, but for boys, they're very small. So, um, and he's just sitting there and he's looking at his dad and, um, Mel goes, Oh, I love that dad is on a father son breakfast date. That's so great. And she's so pumped. And ever the pessimist here goes, I'd love it a lot more if dad were actually talking to his kid. And, um, and dad just is sitting there. They're waiting for the check. You can tell. And maybe he's a meteorologist, but um, he's like on the webpage, just not even, not even. And I just was like, oh, what a waste because you're doing everything right, but your heart's not there pursuing your child. And, um, and so that kind of takes us nicely into um, engage and pursuing your child. And so Proverbs 20, verse 5, I think we got it. I think I gave it to him in advance. Yes. Um, Counsel in a person's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. And I love that. Gosh, um, like girls, we are, we wrote the book on hard to get. And so, um, you probably were co-authors with me. And so, um, your daughter's like, don't just start that when boys show interest, but it like, it starts with your mom of playing hard to get. And I, um, I love that there's, uh, that children's book, which now a lot of my friends are trying to have babies. So I'm like back in the children's book knowledge, um, runaway bunny, I think is what it's called. Yes, y'all know. Okay. Um, and it's like, the bunny is like, how far can I go? Um, and would you follow me still? And, um, and the mom's like, oh, I would follow you still. I'd follow you to the moon. I'd follow you back. If you, if you became a sail on a ship, I'd become the wind. And just that sweetness of, hey, um, your kids, I know if you have teen daughters, I know from sixth grade, I always tell all of our volunteers, like, sixth grade, that's the cutest they're ever going to be. They're only going to hate bows more and get sassier as they get older. And so, like, love him now, okay? Because it's only getting hard. Um, And so like as a mom, you're probably like, please, that was eight years old. Like now we're so far gone. And so, um, and so your daughter's like, it, it might be kind of a game of how far can I push my mom away and be a woman of understanding who draws out the deep waters. So engage with your daughters. Um, It is never too late to engage. And so um, just like a, hey, if you're ever preparing a talk, Nika Spalding is not your person to talk to because she was, uh, just kidding, she's great. But she was quick to tell me, hey, Ruby, as soon as this talk ends, uh, it will be expired. And I was like, oh, great. So if you go back and listen to this later, it's too late. Um, but, But she was saying more of like, hey, in the digital age, everything's advancing. Anything you tell them now there'll be a thousand new things, uh, which is kind of true. Um, and so I was like, okay, great. And, um, and in that, um, the truth, why did I tell you all that? I just like lost my train of thought. She told me I'll be expired. I don't know where I was going. Point is, um, all that to say, never too late to engage your kid. Oh, because, so like maybe you're sitting here and going like, I actually don't even have a kid in fourth grade. Um, my, like my kids are two and you're thinking like, I'm really on top of the game. And so, Hey, way to be here. And I appreciate that. Um, like I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Just you know, rears in the seat. That's awesome. Um, but so you're thinking like, I might be best case scenario. And maybe you're a mom in here and you go, my kids are in college. So I'm the worst case scenario. Like it's too late. Um, and so, and so like, here's where I want to encourage y'all. Um, when I was a senior in college, um, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I try not to ask people, um, if they would say like, Hey, my life in college really counted for Christ. Um, but as to the best of my ability, it did. And, um, and I was trying to seek the Lord in college. 
imagine, didn't do it perfectly. But um, I had a sweet friend, we're going to call her Sally. Um, that was not it at all her goal and, um, in college, and she enjoyed a lot of other things that college had to offer. And so Sally and I were in a sorority for four years together, and that's how we kind of intersected circles. And um, uh, winter break happens, and college was like month long, and I went to this Christian conference and in another state, and I ran into Sally, and I'm like, what? Hi, what are you doing? Okay, cool. I'll see you in there. Are you going to this session? Great. And um, afterwards, I'm like, what? That's so weird. That's, that's, I'm so encouraged that Sally's here. How did she get here? Like, who told her about this? And so we get back to school, and I ask Sally, I say, hey, Sally, can I ask you, what, like, what brought you to that conference? And she said, oh, my mom. And, like, parents aren't allowed there. Um, and I was like, oh, like, how did your mom bring you to that conference? And she said, well, my mom went to Beth Moore Conference this past fall, and it reawakened her faith. And my mom just called me and said, um, like, in the middle of midterms, like, hey, um, I have, like, you've never seen me open my Bible at home, and I have not been a good example, and her mom kind of goes on, and, and so I goes, and I thought it was that typical, like, I'm the world's worst mom, and um, maybe you've done that with your kid. I know my mom has before, like, had those moments of, like, oh my gosh, um, which is just a tinge dramatic, and that's okay. That's okay to be. It's okay to own your stuff with your kids. Don't hear me discourage that. Um, but she just said, she thought it was going to be more of that, and it wasn't. It was her mom going, hey, I, I may have wasted some years and that grieves me. But here I am now, and here I am pursuing you now. And hey, you might be a sail on a ship, but I'm going to be the wind, and I'm going to chase you. And so I'm going to send you the Devo I'm going through. I'm going to text you what I'm reading each day, and and you can blow it off because you're 22 years old, and you're in college, and you're a grown woman now. Um, That's loose. Um, But this is how I'm pursuing you, and this is in that way. And it changed Sally. I mean, so much so that I was like, let's get coffee. Why don't you tell me what's going on in your life? This is fascinating. Um, And it was the pursuit of her mom and the engaging of her mom. Um, And so I know that y'all are wanting, you're here to know more about social media. And so um, here's an example of social media and a good way to engage. So I have a small group of sixth grade girls. That's the closest thing to children I have, so it's not very close. Um, But I have a small group of sixth grade girls, and I um, meet with them on Tuesdays. And so this past Tuesday, I was picking up one of the girls in my group, and um, we're going to call her Eloise because that is her celebrity lookalike. And so we pick up Eloise, and she is in her school uniform. And usually all my kids are in street clothes, you know, no matter what they're what school they go to, they're like dressed down for small group. And so she's in her school uniform, like the black pleated skirt and saddle shoes. And I'm with my co-leaders and like we see her come out the door and we're like, oh my gosh, send her back to get a bow. It's Eloise at the plaza. And so she gets in the car and the second she gets in the car, we're like, do you know who Eloise at the plaza is? And she's like, no. And we're like, okay, well, it's your doppelganger. And she goes, what is a doppelganger? And we said, uh, it's your celebrity lookalike. And so then we start going around the car in the four blocks we have to get to small group. We're going down Hillcrest, four lights. We start going around the car and we go, okay, like here's an example of a doppelganger. Like Kristen's is Xenon girl of the 21st century. And that hit with the leaders. That hit with the leaders. It didn't hit with the moms. Too old. It's a Disney Channel movie. It's okay. And my doppelganger is um, the girl from my big frat Greek wedding. So that's not a compliment if you remember this scene or when she's frump girl. So like I was like, I hate that doppelganger. Take it down. I can't even. We got to focus. 
Anyway, so um, so we're like trying to explain and make it more whatever. And in this time, I'm driving, right? So closest thing I have to kids, I'm driving. Co-leaders are also contributing to who other celebrity lookalikes for other students in our small group might be. And in this time, by the time we go four stoplights on Hillcrest, um, she goes, oh, I got the app. Don't worry about it. I go, app? What app? We're, this is a spiritual gift I have. This isn't an app thing. This is, I can tell you what celebrity you look like. You don't need an app. And she was like, no, look. And she shows me. And so I'm stopped and I'm looking and it like will shape your face and then find a celebrity. And it is the weirdest. Yes. Yes. You're all going to like, you're all looking at it now. That's fine. Um, that's fine. Check out. Just remember the first point. Okay. Um, so, so she, she shows us this app and I'm like, oh, and I start to go, I go, Eloise, I haven't even, you can't download that. Oh my gosh. I haven't even looked up this app. I don't know where it posts. Does it post something? Does it share your information? I've done no research. Don't get this app. Your parents don't know. I didn't endorse this app. You know, like I'm like, hey, hey, this, this is not about you anymore. This is about me. And, um, and she's like, she's like, no, it's fine. And so we walk in a small group and then there's like a line of going like, tell me who I look like. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so um, in a moment I just go, all right, everybody stop. We're going to open our Bibles. So, you know, you all look like Sandra Bullock. But um, we got a lot of brunettes. Um, but so we... Uh, in that moment, I, I very quickly was like, stop, I didn't endorse this, shut this down, delete it off your phone, you know, and I, and I respond very rashly because I'm panicky, because I'm like, I'm not your parent, and, um, and if I were, this would be how I respond off the cuff, I'm pretty sure, and um, I don't know, maybe y'all respond better, or maybe you're like, that's exactly it, um, and so, so in that moment, engaging her in a conversation would have looked like this. And so this is what we'll be doing next week. Um, but it would have looked like, hey, Eloise, whoa, why, why do we care who everybody else looks like celebrity-wise? And whoa, 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 let's not start following who my celebrity look like is because we don't know that they're a person worth following. Why, why do you think you want to follow that person? What's the point of that? Is that person going to live anything good just because they look similar to you? You want to see what outfits they're wearing? Hey, Eloise, can I ask you, do do you think that maybe like your body image would start to be affected if you see, man, there's like a 102-pound celebrity that has a similar jawline as I do, and she wears these kind of dresses and her bones show right here, and so I should probably like not eat my lunch at school and should probably throw that away and skip more meals. And what Do you think you'd be prone to kind of wander down those thought paths? Do you see where your mind could go? Um, and at sixth grade, she might boldly look me in the eyes and go, nope. And I go, okay, okay, well, well I want us to keep talking about that. I want us to keep dialoguing about this. I want us to just, hey, let's, let's maybe not follow them just yet, uh, but, but let's keep talking about it. Let's create an open conversation here, um, engaging your kids in those things. So, um, great. We found out that there's an app um, for doppelgangers. And I did a little research in a USA Today article written in March. So, again, already expired. Uh, but it said 300 apps are created and released every day. Um, now, not every app has the same app life, if that makes sense. So, there was an app called Poof, um, which allowed you to, in a Poof, um, hide all the other apps on your phone. Okay, so like if you're a parent, you're like, oh my gosh, uh, because it's like, oh, I have to turn on my phone tonight, poof, and like I hide 50 of my apps. And so you don't know that I have Candy Crush Saga still on my phone or something a little, little worse. Um, 
So poof was like deleted from the Apple store in like a day. So it didn't last very long. But if your kid snagged it while it was in the store, they still have access to it and it still works for them regardless of when it was deleted. Um, and so there is one app. I think, are we re- maybe ready for you now? Um, so, so we're all just like taking a gamble here. There's an app that allows you um, to live stream your life basically. Um, and so we're about to watch some people live. This is weird. I've watched it like three times in the prep for this talk. I just want to be known there. Um, people know I was watching it, but I like try not to watch children. So um, here is, yeah, yeah, just so everybody feels good about that. So here is um, two moms, maybe, it looks like. Um, and this is Rue. I think maybe they're singing. But basically these people just um, are filming their life and then you can see on the on your right um, on the right side people are commenting like a live stream of what these women are doing and so um, and then on the left is trending tags and so if we click on you can pick any one of them if you want to I don't know if it's risky uh, okay here we go um, hopefully no anatomy Oh, still them, musicians. Um, so if you click on a hashtag, we're not going to click on it. That's fine. But like Sleeping Squad is literally just people filming themselves sleeping. It's super weird. You got to click off it real quick because you're like, oh, there's just like sheets and somebody breathing. And, um, and so like weird, 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 weird. Nike and I were watching it earlier, Accountability, and, um, because we wanted to test this. And um, it was like the channels we kept finding during the day. So where are these kids in school? Um, were girls literally talking to the camera in their computer and going and like reading what people are saying and then answering those questions life, okay? Not to just like make everybody so, so scared for your kid's life. Uh, it's okay. They're probably not on that. Um, but that, that's an example of an app that's created. You now um, and Meerkat are both like live streaming live feed apps, okay? Those ones are created every day. There's also ones that are shut down every day. It is a constantly evolving world. And so I would love to stand up here and say, hey, here are Beck's practices. If you um, lock all your kids' um, stuff and you put on harsh restrictions, they will never fall into this. Um, and that's, that's just not a guarantee. Um, and so, man, how do you create? We're moving into cultivate, my final point. Um, how do you create and cultivate? Um, a place and a home and a family life where your kids are going to be open about what they're doing, where your family is going to have flexible and adapting rules that match your kids' ages and maturity level um, so that they are protected within good reason um, from what the world is trying to do. And so um, I think I think I have, is it um, Genesis 3? Did I put that in there? We'll see. Yes. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God moving about in the orchard at a breezy time of the day. Then they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the orchard. But the Lord God called the man and said to him, where are you? And the man replied, I heard you moving about in the orchard and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And the Lord God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Um, and so cultivate, man, that works well because my first scripture was garden. Um, so laugh on the sound booth. Thank you. Um, so first human reaction to sin is to conceal, right? And, and that's, that's not a shock to any of us. Um, nobody is like, yes, I sinned. I can't wait to tell you about it. Um, if they were, I don't think it would be sin. I think it'd be something else. Um, but our first reaction is to conceal and to hide. And so, um, 
wrapping this up. Um, your kids naturally want to hide things from you. They want to hide their mess-ups from you. Um, James 5 we got that? James 5, um, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Prayer of a righteous mom has great effectiveness. Man, you want to continue. If I, if I could tell you one thing, that would be create conversations with your kids. Um, I'm going over. I can't read what that sign says, but we're wrapping it up. Um, create conversations with your kids um, that allow them um, to be open and honest with you. There's a thing. We're going to pull the people. Kylie Jenner lip challenge. Has anybody heard of that? Show of hands. Yeah, there's a lot of head nods because like, not everybody wants to raise their hand. Hey, I was going to say, like, raise your hand if your kid did it, but don't. Um, but that, like, if you're like, what is Kylie Jenner lip challenge? Is this really weird thing? And Google it. Kids are trying to make their lips look like Angelina Jolie. Okay? Um, and so here's the thing. I would ask, hey, what do you think? Ask your kid, what do you think about that Kylie Jenner lip challenge? Um, the greatest thing that Jesus did with his disciples, Mark 8, 29, didn't give it to him, um, but, but Mark 8, 29 is, hey, but who do you say I am? Right? So asking your kids, what do you think about that? Letting them answer, giving them the dignity of maturity, and then offering them what you want um, to know. So last thing, I think as parents, um, I have a friend who works down at the yellow desk with young people, and she says, hey, every time a kid gets lost, she's dealing with the lost kid and trying to reunite them with their parents. And she said, typically, every time a kid gets lost and they get reunited with the parents, the parents' first reaction is to be very upset and to be like, oh, how could you? And it's, and it's typically stemming from a place of um, insecurity as a parent and a little bit of fear of like, oh crap, I'm the worst parent in the world because I lost my kid, um, right? And so they react like, a, why'd you run away? How could you do this? We were looking for you everywhere. Um, and so often kids who are lost just want to be found. Uh, they weren't trying to run away. And so know that your girls are growing up in a society where it is getting very loud and they are being lost. And so in love, find them and seek them out.